Welcome everyone to the Change Starts Here podcast. I am your host, Dustin Odom. And to say I'm excited for this conversation and a little bit giddy and probably a little too loose today is an understatement. Um, we're bringing back to our um, podcast, Dr. Eve Miller, who's the Director of Research for Franklin Covey Education. Uh, she is an incredibly brilliant woman, incredibly dynamic and super fun to talk to. Our, our conversation today, uh, we believe is perfectly timed heading into, at least here in the United States, to Thanksgiving time of gratitude. We want to dive into the power of gratitude. We want to learn some of the misconceptions of gratitude, and we want to dive into maybe some of the disciplines of gratitude and how we can all practice gratitude on a daily basis, because I know we're all thinking about it right now as we're getting back together with our family and friends uh, all across the U.S. and hopefully the world. And so, Eve, thank you for making time. I'm so excited to talk to you. So happy to be here, Dustin. Thank you so much. Always an honor. So Eve, uh, you've answered this question before, but I'm going to assume that there may have been some folks who, who missed it. I can't imagine many folks missed your last podcast with us. <laughs> We're going right. to go there. So I, I got to ask you, who are you and what do you love about what you do? Um, thanks. Yeah, I, I am, as you said, the director of research. I like to think of it, I heard the term uh, a research translator, and I feel like so much of my role in this organization is taking these dense articles that for some reason I just love to read and breaking them down to the practices that can really help change lives and classrooms. Um, so that is part of what I do in my role. I'm also a mother and a friend and a sister and a daughter um, in you know, varying degrees of like, I'm pretty good at that some days. So, <laughs> so I'm all the things, yes, and very, you know, great gratitude is on my mind. And I've just been thinking about the different roles in my life and just how grateful truly I am for all of them. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I'm uh, looking forward to you is besides having a friendship with you is um, just your, your authentic, authentic communication style and your, your uh, genuine responses to answers. Meaning in this case, uh, you started introducing yourself about how excited you are about gratitude, but I, I, I don't believe it's always been the case. Like I believe uh, you've been critical of possibly gratitude or uh, gratitude journals or something. Can tell us a little bit about your skepticism regarding gratitude to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I you know we've been hearing uh, and reading more articles about like toxic positivity in schools and in workplaces, just kind of as a buffer. People think it's a positive thing to tell like teachers, to tell educators, to tell administrators, like, hey, look on the bright side. Oh, things could be worse. And I, I see that as very damaging. Um, and it's this desire to stay away from negative emotions. But when we try to avoid negative emotions, we actually just kind of keep them in our bodies and they get worse and they make us sick. And so gratitude had many many similarities to that. And I've actually even heard the term like um, toxic gratitude being used more. And that idea that, you know, if you go on social media right now, there's a lot of people going on there saying grateful, thankful, blessed. And while there's nothing wrong with that practice. Hashtag blessed, is that what you're talking about? Oh, no, no. Just like at one month a year, <laughs> one just... month a year. And it's often tied to things that are very, very positive and they're often material wealth. Right. And so there's this, oh, I'm so grateful for these things and, um, or for my health, for, for these different things. So it was just this association that it didn't feel very authentic, some of that, that dialogue around gratitude. But as I was working on the wellness training, um, I had the opportunity to help write 
um, a training called the neuroscience, uh, neuroscience backed wellness this last year. And darn it, if this idea of like gratitude practices didn't keep coming up, and I really tried to ignore it because I'm like, you know what? That is no, <laughs> no, like, okay, I'll report that out that, you know, keeping track of gratitude in the journal is good. But I gave myself the challenge that for this last research conversation that I did um, actually just yesterday, um, that I would look at the science of gratitude for November and really try to understand what everyone's talking about. And Dustin, I was wrong. I am completely blown away by gratitude. Um, it is so powerful. And the reasons it's so powerful are just like for me and that geeky research side of me, I just get so excited about because I think they are available to anyone and they cross races, they cross socioeconomic bounds, they cross countries. So it's not reserved for some people who are in some place in their life where they can have it. What, what is it that you saw? Was it, was it someone practicing gratitude? Was it you trying to practice it? Or uh, was there some research that you came across that you just couldn't ignore? What was it that really kind of took you from this place of like, you know, skeptic? It's not like, I'm not trying to frame you as a dark person of like, I you're thankful, but like just skeptical of that being such a powerful practice. Yeah, I, I want, I think that you're right. No, I want to say like gratitude and like people who are posting on social media, I believe that they are doing it for the right reason. Like, let's right. always assume the good intent, right? right. Um, just to be clear, <laughs> um, I think that for me, I just didn't get it. Um, and so it was research, unsurprisingly. And this was the research finding that really just started to open my mind up. And it was that unlike other positive emotions like joy or feeling awe, um, gratitude, you can actually self-induce, you can make yourself feel gratitude. So if I say to you, okay, Dustin, on the count of three, go ahead and be happy. Ready? One, two, three, be happy. Go. Wow. <laughs> right? Like if anything, it's like, Ooh, stop. What are you doing <laughs> with gratitude? We can actually do that. We can actually start that in our minds. We can start thinking about things we're grateful for. And because we can do that, that changes everything as an intervention for ourselves that allows us, we don't have to have something good happen to us to feel gratitude. Like we need for like happiness or awe. Sometimes you can go do it every single night in a journal, you can do it and it shifts your brain to make it more about the way you take in the world. So that's what is also really profound is it changes your brain. How do you help people who are you know, I've, I've had some friends recently just being in just a really dark place where they're like, I can't be thankful for anything. How do you, how do you help them take a step? Because I know that's a real place that most people, I mean, I've been there at some points in my life, which I hate to admit, but we're, we're all messy. Yeah. How, how, what are some like those baby steps that people can do to practice gratitude when they're really, really skeptical in a really tough place? Yeah. I, really simple things. So a lot of these interventions for gratitude, you talk about some interventions and there's like a five week, like two hours every week of like direct teach and all of these lessons, all these things you have to apply for, for other interventions. Gratitude interventions can be five minutes long. So here's an example. Um, one thing that they can do, write a letter um, to someone that they, that you feel grateful for in your past, whether you plan to send it or not. 
that when they did that in a um, they've done this many times, but they had some people who were already receiving counseling services. So these aren't people where everything's going great in their life at that moment. They, they were people who are receiving counseling services for anxiety and depression. And um, there are 300 of them. And in this one group who wrote one letter a week for three weeks, so just three letters total versus a group that just kind of processed an emotion that they went through, went through some writing prompts, reflected, and then there was a control group. The group that just wrote one letter a week for three weeks showed profound impacts to their well-being, like all these positive impacts that the other two groups didn't see. But what's even more profound about this finding is those lasted for 12 weeks when they stopped tracking the participants. So you three letters, you know, the, the intent behind it, but the well-being benefits are so powerful that they lasted for at least 12 weeks. There's a, if I may, there's another study with another practice where uh, nurses, so another high stress job, just like educators, right? At the end of their shift, they were supposed to, uh, for the volunteers, they just wrote down a few things they were grateful for and took, um, just noted like three or four things, right? Pretty simple. Um, They did that for two weeks at the end of their shift. So about 10, 10 different times of doing this and same thing. So they were tracking depression, um, work-life balance, uh, some, some happiness measures. What they found was like improvements in all of these, like lower depression, higher happiness, greater work-life balance. And those lasted for an entire year that they tracked them. So for two weeks, Right. So, of course, keep it going and all of that. But it is just that's what I just can't quite wrap my head around how powerful these interventions are for doing five minutes a day, five minutes a day. So, yeah, I was thinking if you're talking about the the first example of writing letters. Um, my wife and I are very passionate about seeing our kids write thank you letters and thankful, thankful. I'm so thankful for Ashley. I mean, there's not a chance that goes by where Ashley's not sitting Luke or Noah or somebody down to talk about, hey, let's write this letter. And I've never thought about it as how it could help them. It's always, how do you make sure you're showing humility and appreciation for others, which is really good and awesome. I've never spent a second thinking that could also really help develop my child and rewire his brain. So can you tell me a little bit about how gratitude rewires someone's brain? Yeah, yeah. That's so wonderful that you do you do that. And actually, you brought up a really interesting word, if I may. Um, a couple barriers that get in the way of gratitude. And you said that about humility, like showing that humility of thanks. And they have found that pride is one thing that gets in the way of humility. I mean, of gratitude. Because when you are receiving, even if it's a friend dropping off a gift or something, like there is like that need to pay it back, but there can be like, or there can be this, like, who do they think I, oh, they brought me dinner. Do they think I can't afford it? Or like, oh, I don't need them to help me. So we can become so isolated and so independent. So teaching your children about gratitude is also teaching them that it's okay to count on others. The other emotion is guilt. Have you ever received from someone and you're like, I don't deserve, or I need to, The one I go to, Dustin, I always go to the, uh, 
oh my goodness, how do I pay them back for all this kindness? Oh my gosh, I feel so guilty about this. And it's actually from what research has found. It wasn't great for me, but <laughs> what research has found is it's a lack of like allowing yourself to feel gratitude and like to like receive and to give gratitude. And that was a, a wake up to me of like, I feel guilt because I can't allow them to show me that kindness and I need to like push it back at them. So that has shifted my mindset around how I think about when people serve me and how I can serve them back. So I just wanted to say like, good for y'all. Like there's so much in that, that you're growing. Right. Your question about the brain. <laughs> there are a few different answers there. Um, so if I may, um, it changes more than the brain. So it doesn't actually start with the brain. Gratitude doesn't. So this is super cool. So I was taking this as this frame of, okay, our educators were hearing these stories of burnout. You know, there's so much stress before the pandemic and now there's even more. Um, and so that's just been our lens and thinking about so much of what I've been researching in the past two years. So um, with that lens, I was just looking at, okay, what are the stress? Are there stress impacts? Like if you practice gratitude and oh my goodness. So this one study, they looked at uh, physiology, they looked at heartbeats and they looked at that for different emotions. And so they tracked someone who is induced to feel anger. So the there's somehow in the laboratory showing anger and their heartbeat goes up and it's all erratic, which is like, that's the draining kind. That means your nervous system is in fight or flight and you are just draining the hormones. Like it's shutting down your organs, all of this. That is the stress mode, right? Gratitude. It is at the same beats per minute when you are experiencing gratitude for someone. It's at the same beats per minute as relaxation showed. So it's really low, wow. but it also has this other indicator where it is very steady. And they say that the very steady heartbeats are those that heal us. They're the ones that restore our energy. And like, if you wanna look at a measure of resilience, you look at that, those heartbeats. But what that communicates to the brain when it's in that place of like, I am safe, I am, I'm healing, right? Like your body's communicating to the brain and the brain starts to associate gratitude, like the receiving and giving of gratitude with just like being in a good place. So it, it you start to see the gratitude in the world because your brain wants to switch there. So when we're in a lot of stress, our focus can become very narrow, the negativity bias. So we start to look for more things that stress us out, right? Like if you're having a bad day, you're like, oh, well, then that went wrong. And then that is so much easier to see the negativity. Gratitude expands out our ability to see. It doesn't get rid of the negatives in our life. It just holds them in balance with all the other things in our life. So one area of the brain that it changes is called the ventrolateral, um, ventromedial prefrontal cortex. And why it's a really interesting area is because it's tied to um, altruism as well. Um, and so there's this link there that they found of people who experience a lot of gratitude, they get more joy by seeing other people's joy, by like feeling and experiencing like the giving in social situations. So it's not just about you. And that's what like activates reward centers of your brain that feel so good. 
it's seeing the people around you feel more joy for the people around you, which is just incredible. It's just, oh, I just love this. Uh, here, the skeptic has left the building. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's really profound. What I, what I heard, I've, I've tried to practice yoga at different points in my life and I've not been the best at it, even though I have some dear friends who are really good at it and supportive. But what I hear is that I have a talking point back to them saying, hey, I may not have practiced yoga today, but I wrote some thank you notes. I really let people know how much I appreciated them. And I think, you know, I'm restored because of that. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> You're like, no, you've missed the whole point. <laughs> no, I had the thought like before I read about gratitude, I would have told you mindfulness was the most powerful wellness practice, you know, and that's so tied to yoga, right? The mind body, right. um, that mindfulness was the most powerful wellness practice I'd, I've seen. Um, the power of, of gratitude though, is it's so fast, right? Like yoga, you know, you need to be able to have like you, right you need the, a little bit of equipment or you need to go to the gym or to the yoga studio or wherever you go um you know like there's so many things involved when you there you are you're being so smart you've got your piece of paper and a pen and like five minutes right like so it does need to be authentic but i, I think you, i think you've got a strong case there yeah you tell them so how how can we help students practice gratitude what are some tricks there that we could do to help i mean i, I know that uh, my kindergarten came home this week with uh, a thank you letter to show how thankful he was. So I, I'm curious, like, I know it's a little thing, but what are, what are some things that um, students can be doing to practice gratitude? Well, I will say, starting with that whole toxic positivity, when I, when I say these things, I, I just want to encourage, like, never force someone. And sometimes gratitude, because gratitude is a personal thing about things that are outside of you that have helped you, giving them options to be able to record gratitude in a way that is meaningful to them. Meaning they don't need to go put it up somewhere necessarily. Um, so like in a student leadership notebook or um, something like that, that would be really powerful. The first thing that we always go to with Leader Me, right, is modeling. Um, a, an educator showing gratitude and like being in that mindset of gratitude will not only be healing for the educator, that is so contagious. There's this thing called emotional contagion and gratitude is very contagious. If you watch on the news, you know, some person does this heroic act, you know, they save people from a burning building, these types of things. And it so inspires you. Like there's like, you start crying and I don't know, like you just have this moment, like it is very contagious and it, that desire, like not only when you serve somebody or like they serve you, but also when you witness people doing it for others, that desire to pay it forward. So you demonstrating that in classroom is a very powerful practice, that alone, um, bringing that in in authentic ways. Um, and also, yeah, just the, if you want everyone to write down one or two things that they're grateful for at the end of the day, and give them a quiet moment to do that, it's gonna feel weird at first, I tell you. It feels weird at first, but that's because the brain is making a new pathway to gratitude and all those beautiful things. It starts to adjust and it's really powerful. So just have them keep doing it just as part of a routine in every day. And what's, um, yeah. What's the research say about, um, I've, got, I've heard several different things. Um, and again, you're the director of research, I am not. So what does the research say about uh, how long it takes for, you know, kind of those awkward moments, uh, new disciplines you're trying to put into your life to become habits. 
Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> it depends. How about that? It's an unsatisfying answer. Um, some of the director of research one, you're like, because you're thinking, I this study says this, this study says that. <laughs> right. You know, and then there's the the Eric Erickson who talks about a thousand hours for like certain, like very you golf, right? Like, so you know, he would say something like a thousand hours or ten thousand hours rather. Thousand hours, yep. You know, so but then there's the 21 days that's probably not actually real. So with gratitude, because we see time and time again that these really short interventions that are two weeks, three weeks, you know, um, work so powerfully. I, I would say that with a gratitude intervention, and I found personally, even just like the first three days, it starts to shift the way you look at the world. Mm -hmm. Then you're sitting there, you're done writing, you know, I'm grateful for, this isn't, you know, I'm just making something up. This wasn't me at all. My dog, my whatever. And it goes to something more specific is what I've found. Like, you just start looking throughout your day for those things you're going to put on the list, you know, or you start thinking about those people that you'd like to write that letter to. So I'd say just a few days, really. That's awesome. Um, so you've obviously gone from a critic to, it sounds like a champion. If, um, your enthusiasm is any indicator. Uh, what disciplines have you started to try to put into your life to help you practice uh, gratitude or at least make gratitude um, more conscious part of every day for you? I too, um, the writing down at night. Um, so I just recorded. And so I can speak to the power of that, right? Just shifting my mindset. And I've been trying to, this is a newer one where if I start to feel like negative or stressed, I will pause and I will try to think about like I will try to expand out the situation through gratitude. And that allows me to look more clearly at those negatives and to approach them in a way that's more like meaningful to me. Right. So I, that sounds silly, but you know, if I'm, Oh, like that person hasn't gotten that back to me yet. I can think about all the things I actually can accomplish while I'm waiting for that or doing this other thing. Like there's so much like that is available to us and then we can, if we shift our mindset to the things that we are grateful for in like that more general way. Um, so that's another one that I've been doing. That's awesome. So uh, before we go, we've been uh, this, this season, you're on last season. So this season we're, we're, we're trying to end our um, every interview with uh, certain questions just to learn a little bit more about you and try to get better for us. So one of those questions is what disciplines do you have in your daily life? Uh, whether it's, you know, weekly or daily disciplines that you have that you think enable you to be a more effective leader, a more effective researcher, a more effective mom, all the things, more effective friend. <laughs> oh, I, I just love that question. Um, I, I will say that keeping my heart open to people and the having compassion for them, I feel like right now, it's so easy to choose a side and these very divisive issues throughout the US and, and to see people as others. Um, and that is a, not a place that is good for my heart. Um, and knowing the science behind how much we need each other and to feel connected to those around us, even our, the strangers. Um, and I also research for people no matter what side of the aisle, so to speak, they're on. And so I don't want to ever be thinking about 
educators as what state or country they come from. I just want to love the people. And so that is a very conscious discipline of mine is to just express compassion for people. I think knowing a lot more about trauma now also helps me to go, they are doing the best they can with the tools that they have right now. So that is mine. I just, I want to keep my heart open to people. I think what's really interesting in this um, is I, throughout life, I've seen folks that are like, there's an oversimplification of people, but I have felt that there's head people and there's heart people. Again, what that means is not that the head people don't have a heart and heart people don't have a brain, but it's like you, that's your place of starting, right? Of like, I feel first, then I think, I think first, then I feel. Um, I think what's interesting to you is that I've always felt for the number of years I've known you that you've, you, you go both whichever way you need to, which is pretty interesting, but it's, what's fascinating to me is as you're diving into the more of the head part of these topics and research, your heart seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger for it. And so there's something to it. I don't know what it is, but I just want to uh, share that with you as someone who's kind of watched you for, from afar. Uh, your heart's always been there, but it just, it's really clear as you're diving into these really tough topics. Uh, it's, it's growing this bigger heart. So I'm assuming your message continues to get out with folks. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, who or what I, I, I usually ask like, what books are you reading or what, what authors do you like right now? Um, but I, I also know that a lot of people consume information differently, whether it's through podcasts or whatever else. So where, who are you reading? What are you listening to? That's really just a good place on a regular basis where you're getting information or insight or something that just helps you get better. Um, I, well, I do love podcasts. Um, and I truly love your podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, I do love podcasts. Um, and I read so much of the day. Um, but I will say I'm, I'm right now pulling up my podcasts. Um, I do love uh, the Huebner lab because he's a cognitive scientist. Um, and uh, I'm looking here. I do also love Scott Barry Kaufman's about uh, the psychology of, where is it? The psychology podcast. But I also love like On Being by Krista Tippett where she brings in kind of both like the mind and heart as well into some conversations. Um, I love, Ed Week. I love uh, like some of these like research education organizations. This is not a very interesting answer. I can tell you my it is. It is. We're getting a window into what drives you and you know all of us. Like you know, as you just pulled up your podcast list, I'm looking at mine thinking, well, that sounds a lot more uh, intelligent than mine. Mine may have a few more sports uh, ones in there. <laughs> oh, I've definitely got my like true crime on there um, <laughs> and all sorts of guilty pleasures. So right. I just. I'm cool for a second. I mean, <laughs> no, that's what we want. We want like, I mean, I think the reality is, is that I remember uh, uh, where you're interviewing Jeffrey Canada and just learning, you know, the different ways he thinks and what he listens to the music he listens to or the podcast he listens to. It's just, you see how well-rounded people are. And so uh, I would oh. hate people to get on here and think all you do is think about psychology, which is good. But, uh, okay. Research. <laughs> can I give you, can I give you the rest of the answer then? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. I, I probably go through an audio book a week. Um, and it is so often like suspense, thriller, true crime, detective, all those 
I absolutely love those. And I will say, and I will stand by this and I will form an argument for this right now. TikTok is the best social media platform. The end. <laughs> oh my God. I, Eve, I remember when we were starting the podcast and anybody who follows me, which I don't know how many people actually do on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anything. I am not, Facebook, I probably post the most. My wife's helped me with the Instagram side. Uh, I started looking into TikTok right about the time of this launch and I will lose hours on it. I thought it was like, oh, it's just for kids, whatever. I will lose hours learning. I mean, there's so many things that I can actually learn there, which is crazy, but there are also guilty pleasures if you're like, just kind of get lost on things that you laugh at. I mean, every, like I stop for animals and like <laughs> cat video. Oh my goodness. The chickens. Oh yes. No, I'm with you. Like I haven't, this is not like this. I'm so cool. I've got my own vice, but like social media was not one where I was like, Oh, I just, I get stuck here. TikTok. I'm with you, Dustin. I'm like, (laughs) I find such joy in it. Like I'm laughing one minute and crying or like, Oh, I need to like write that recipe down. That's amazing. Oh, that's how you do eyeliner. Okay, great. I love it. Oh my goodness. It's where, Oh, I found, I found this one uh, TikTok video one day. It just showed like, you know, I love you by the number of TikTok videos I share with you each day. And so I sent that to my wife because she's like, you keep sending me this. I'm like, well, I thought you would love it. thought it'd make you smile and it made me laugh. So keep it moving. <laughs> it's going to be like a revived love language. It's going to be the eighth love language or however many there are. Yeah, they're totally bringing it. Oh, I agree. <laughs> uh, so let's keep going down this path. Uh, what is... Uh, what is like you're you're driving around? You got Friendsgiving tonight, so maybe you're you're driving oh, yeah. that or hanging out. What's what's on your playlist? Like songs that you really like to have in the background. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're an incredibly multifaceted person. So like I don't don't get lost in like well Friendsgiving it needs this kind of vibe. Think oh, about yeah. like what you want to rock out to and drive around to. What do you what are you listening to right now? Okay. Oh, I'm here for this question. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to, yep, I'm not going to overthink this. I will say it's a genre. I do love um, like Americana music a lot. Okay. So like your Jason Isbell, I would even count some of Taylor Swift stuff in there. I, it is her week right now um, because TikTok told me. Um, <laughs> but I love like the Avit Brothers and uh, different oh. groups like that. Um, but then I love a lot of like, not classic rock, but like the 70s, like I love um, so many of the bands, but I love the 50s and 60s, some 80s, mm, some 90s, mm. but yeah, oh yeah, I just, I, I love some good pop music, I am not above it, I just like, come on, like, you know, and if you've read the burnout book, like you have to close the stress cycle by just like moving your body and dancing, oh yeah, we get the pop music going, so Dua Lipa, come on. We talked, uh, as we were talking earlier, obviously our mutual friend, Anna Thompson, who was oh, just, uh, Anna. incredible. Uh, I was in Salt Lake last night um, and we were, they had like advertisements of uh, upcoming concerts and yeah. New Kids on the Block was on there. And I, again, I don't know Anna well enough to know her music genre, but I just feel like she's in for anything. So I leaned in, I was like, Anna, we go on June 8th, in K- uh, New Kids on the Block. Yes. I only refer to them as NKOTB, which I, I I hate to admit this, but yes, I did like them a lot as a kid. And so I would have done that. Uh, but she just basically called me out. I was like, it's NKOTB. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. so I'm not above pop either. <laughs> a voice to men. They've been touring too. Like, you know, they are solid. So 
Boys to Men is my all-time favorite group. I think my wife could answer that if she was brought down here and we put her on the spot. So really? I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. Watch a documentary about them. I've, I've, I've tried to watch anything that I can do. We had a really cool experience where uh, uh, they were traveling. I think it was, I don't think it was a local thing. Maybe it was, uh, but we had the symphony play their songs while Boys to Men sang their songs. And I just thought that was a really cool way for someone who's like, been obsessed with the music, seen them in concert several times to really um, to well, get it. So that ever goes around, look for it. <laughs> their voices are just like a symphony. Uh, add the oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> All right, uh, I know we both uh, our times wrapping up. So Eve, yeah. uh, you are someone who is incredibly introspective and thoughtful. Um, what's the best piece of advice that you've received recently? You've seen on TikTok recently, and I'm not looking for recipes here, Eve, or eyeliner uh, recommendations, okay. but just okay. something when it comes to, uh, it could even be on the topic of gratitude again, just just something in terms of us improving our lives and taking, putting one foot in front of the other to be able to love and serve people better. What is that right now for you? Uh, this is coming out before Thanksgiving? Uh, it should be. <laughs> hey, okay. Then I will say this. Um because this is quick and it will stick with uh, people. Um, I will say to stick with the theme, this uh, quote from a researcher who said that um, gratitude is wasted on Thanksgiving. You know, like it is wasted on that idea of like just putting it there. Um, and so I think that the idea of gratitude, we've never, uh, I've never needed it more in my life for the healing from all that we've been through in the past two years. And I didn't realize that that's what I needed because it opens our hearts back up to people in a way that I didn't know had been harmed by needing to keep distance from them and keep masks on around them and um, see them as political others, all of that. So I think that gratitude is a, an easy but powerful path to that. So let's not let it be wasted on this single month or single day of the year um, and allow ourselves that ability to open our hearts and have the health benefits and the just cultural benefits as well. So that would be it. Awesome. Well, Eve, I'm, uh, as you know, I'm leaving here as soon as I get off right yeah. now, hopping in the car with my family, doing a annual tradition where we go down to visit my family in uh, Southern Alabama and North Florida for a week. And so I'm really excited. What cool plans do you have coming up? I think you have a Friendsgiving tonight. What do you have? Do you have anything special the rest of the week? I, yes, I am. Um, I am meeting uh, my uh, boyfriend's family. Um, and so for Thanksgiving and I'm seeing my family um, for another Thanksgiving and then I've got my Friendsgiving. So I've got so many people that I've missed that I, and people I've never met before that I just, uh, there's gonna be a lot of just wonderful love. So that's, that's what I'm excited for. I'm not going to volunteer you for this, but um, given how fun our pre-call just conversation was and this conversation was, I may have to start seeing if I can recruit you to be either a regular segment or this could be the chain starts here with Eve and Dustin show. Uh, and we can just geek out with people um, every week. We'll have to talk about it. I, I, Eve, I really appreciate you. And um, just appreciate your heart and appreciate all that you're doing for our organization, but also appreciate you in this moment, having such an awesome conversation with me. Thank you, Dustin. Your voice is so important. I just value it so much and I value you. Thank you so much. Oh, Eve is awesome. Uh, everyone 
have an awesome Thanksgiving. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. If you can subscribe, I don't know who can. Um, we, our goal here is just to have real conversations, honest conversations with the goal of just trying to get better every week. So thank you for tuning in. Have a happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll be back in a week. Thank you. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, podcast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential. Thank you.